And welcome everyone to the Comic Multiverse, where the worlds of nerd meet. It is our first episode back since I went away to Emerald City Comic Con. I had a great time, and I'm sure we'll have a great time this week too, because, oh man, Matt, the news that accumulated while I was away, it is, it is staggering, sir. It is. It was only a week. It was only, not even five days. What a difference a day makes, 24 little hours. If I sing any more, they'll probably want me to pay. So fuck <laughs> that noise. Mm. A little bit of housekeeping before we start. Thank you, everyone who's gone and supported the Comic Multiverse SoundCloud page. We hit 200 followers today, Matt. That's awesome. That's really quick, considering we had built up a lot of people over on Podbean before I realized, oh, wait, I'm getting fucked over on Podbean. I should go over to SoundCloud <laughs> instead where it's better. And it is better. It, it is. This is a much nicer platform. It is. We're getting a lot of downloads. People really seem to be digging on that. So thank you if you listen and download the show on SoundCloud. I'm also working, too, on trying to back up all the old episodes. Some people asked, hey, what happened to the commentaries? Are they coming? Yes, commentaries are coming just as soon as I've uploaded all of the episodes, which is slower going than I thought because we do an episode pretty much every week. Yeah, we're, we're, we're coming up on 50. We are, we are. This is our 48th episode. We should have to do something kind of special for 50, don't you think? I think so. What, 50 would be what? The end of March. So, I think yeah. so. Yeah, maybe maybe we'll finally pull out the webcams or something or do something interesting. Or we'll just do another Q&A episode. People like those. Yeah, people really like the last one. Either way, we'll do something fun, we promise. Now, uh, I say we hop right on into the news because if we don't, uh, we'll never get done. We're going to be covering all the topics. And at the end of the show where we would normally talk about what we read this week, we will be talking about Logan trying to strike while that one is hot. I was lucky enough to get to see that one in Seattle. I know Matt really wanted to talk about it. But don't worry. We'll also be talking about the big Superman reveal for this week. So get ready for that. Yeah, big show ahead of us. Mm-hmm. So let's not wait another minute. One of the first big things that happened this week, and this happened recently, in fact, we got the second big Wonder Woman trailer. Yeah, and it's looking pretty good. It looks really good. I'm not afraid to say that. What I am yeah. afraid to say, though, is, hey, DC, you've burned me several times before with awesome-looking trailers, even going all the way back to Green Lantern. <laughs> Yeah, say what you will, they they can cut their trailers. They they can cut them. They can. And you know, I we used to joke, Matt, man, these trailers are so good. They should have the people who make the trailers make the movies. And then <laughs> Suicide Squad happened and I'm like, "Oh my god, what did we do?" <laughs> I feel partially responsible. Uh one, one of the interesting takeaways from this trailer and I'm sure you would agree too, Matt, is that it really focuses on Wonder Woman as a young girl and we actually get to see the child actress and everything running around the Themyscira. I like that. I like that they look to be putting a lot of emphasis on the time they spent as children. Yeah, the, and they they seem to not be good going the um uh the more I guess modern route where she's like made of clay and whatnot she seems to be an actual child unless they sort of shape well, it so that like she was like a baby made out of clay or right. something well the clay thing is the og origin the origin that they've brought back or at least seem to be hinting at bringing back recently in the greg rucka thing although they kind of go the other direction by saying you know that wonder woman doesn't know what she is but her mother does which leads me to believe oh are they doing the daughter of zeus uh thing from the new 52 that seems that seems like it, especially since they focus on the um her bracelets every now and then in the trailer making it look like they're like the inhibitors like they were in the comic right 
which, you know, I mean, Daughter of Zeus, Wonder Woman has its place in time and everything, but it will never be my version of the character. My version is made of clay. My version is the current comic book version. Yeah, that one's the best one, I think. I agree. I do like that the Amazons are getting a lot of character. In fact, we found out uh, a little bit. We got to see uh, the actress who's playing Artemis and everything. That's cool. Yeah, all that stuff looked really cool. The The one thing I didn't like about the trailer was probably that we actually didn't get to see Gal Gadot's acting. Like, no. none of, we, ne- we never saw any of it. No, we really didn't. It was cool action shot, cool action shot. Uh, piffy comment from supporting characters like that seemed to be Steve's thing in this whole trail you know hey piffy comment piffy comment mm-hmm. I hope there's more to his character than that but I wouldn't be surprised if there wasn't because as I've joked several times before uh, Steve Trevor is probably one of the most bland milk toast comic characters ever created which is why he's actually absent from huge chunks of Wonder Woman's publication history yeah, well, and it looks like they'll probably be doing that with the movie since the movie takes place in World War One, and, you know, he's most likely going to die at the end of this movie. That's how it happens, and plus having him gone means you can ship him, or, you know, you can ship Wonder Woman with either Batman or Superman, which I'm sure they will do. Yeah, or they, can't, they might do it with Batman, probably. They might, which, hey, worked for the Justice League cartoon show, and I'm sure they're hoping it'll work here, too. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, interesting, too. We haven't really seen much of the villains in the trailer. We know Ares is going to play a part. We've seen a woman who might be Dr. Poison. We're not sure because she's got kind of a messed up face and seems to be throwing smoke weapons. Yeah, yeah. I think they're they're doing the the villain and then getting a lesser known villain as like the sidekick henchman sort of villain. I'm really, really interested to see how this movie portrays villains because I know with Batman and Superman, the villain has always just been such a huge thing because those are like really recognizable villains, really iconic villains that everybody knows. I think you would be hard pressed to ask a person whether, okay, name me a Wonder Woman villain. They might be able to name you the Cheetah and maybe just because she was on the Super Friends. Yeah, the, yeah, her rogues gallery isn't really known to a lot of people. No. And again, maybe Ares, because it's like, oh, you know, Amazon's Greek god of war and everything. They might even just come to that one organically, but not really understand why Ares is a villain to Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm, yep. I, I do wonder, you know, if they're going to go, like, the Iron Man route, or at least if I was writing it, that's what I would do. I'd be like, look, the villains don't matter. Make it all about the hero. Yeah, yeah. That, well, that's what it needs to be, because admittedly in like past DC movies, they've always focused on the villain and the villain has been more interesting than the actual hero. It's true. I, I hope Wonder Woman's good. I really, really do. But at this point I'm so tired and have been so burned by all the other ones. It's hard to stay positive. Yeah. You got to just be cautiously optimistic. I posted on, on Twitter the other day, there's like this cycle that I don't know who made it, but they, it's, pitch perfect for any of the dc movies like i'm yeah i'm sure you've seen it it's the Um, excitement the maybe this one will be different maybe this one can fix everything the oh that was all right oh no there was actually a lot of problems with oh no now we're back at it again yeah and the circle starts again (laughs) if if only the fact that i think the things that wonder woman have working in its favor is that because it is a period piece be so it because it is so far removed from the batman superman snyder verse thing maybe it will be more free to do its own thing and kind of have its own identity yeah i i I do hope that though in saying that i i have seen some of the like leaks and stuff that'll come out for the film and it's still very much tied in with all that sort of stuff 
like that the the um what it's hung on is right. is tied into all that so that might bring it down maybe i don't know right well i guess time will tell i mean we're getting it fairly soon aren't we uh yeah uh when does it come out like june or something something like that yeah uh, here, here's hoping it can live up to all the expectations. And I mean, really, it would just be nice for Wonder Woman to have a good movie that's not the awesome animated movie. <laughs> yeah, apparently that 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 animated movie's getting re-released as an R-rated movie. What? Yeah, there was like um, it, it stirred up like a heap of shit last week. They they these people found some some like rating board thing, and they saw the Wonder Woman director's cut, and they thought, oh, that fucking dc doing a director's cut for wonder woman before the movie's even out and there but apparently it was for the animated movie huh but i'm like so are they going back and editing in more mature content that like, would be what? weird but that being said the movie itself for people who remember it was pretty hardcore you got decapitations you got all sorts of stuff going on there but i wouldn't call it an r though it would be like a hard pg-13 yeah, yeah, definitely. But definitely not an R. Are they going to go back and artificially put more blood into it? Oh, God. <laughs> well, hey, man, we got to riff something for Wonder Woman when it comes out. We'll put that one on the list, why don't we? <laughs> we should try and find that failed TV pilot. Oh, God. Oh, my God. With Anthony Stewart head. That one's rough. <laughs> like, like, we give the CW universe a lot of shit, but at least it wasn't that. Yep. At least it wasn't that. And hey, speaking of TV shows, Matt, this actually works for a wonderful segue into something we're going to be talking a lot, actually, this episode. We're talking about the X-Men. Apparently that second X-Men show that's coming down the pipeline, the one with Singer supposedly attached to direct the pilot, it's got a name now. Yeah, it's called Gifted. Which seems like a lazy title. It does. It really does. Keeping with the one-word title thing, we got Legion, we got Gifted. Now, as someone who has actually read some X-Men stuff, so are they basing it on the amazing Joss Whedon run called uh, Gifted? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't read that much into it, are they? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. They just grabbed the name because it sounded good. Why Why don't you just call the show Mutant? Yeah. Or X. <laughs> if you love your or, or, or X Men, yeah, or X Men. If you just want to put, a, if you want to put a little hyphen in there, I don't know. <laughs> Again, we have very little to go off on this. It is just a title. I think. Uh, I think there was talk too that like maybe this is the one that focuses on the family that's like trying to escape mutant hunters and everything. I think. Yeah, yes. Yeah. I know they like they cast um. Uh, someone to play Warpath. Yes, they cast a guy for it. Yeah. Who's so far the only one we know, and it's funny when you know when you lead with Warpath. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that says about your show when Warpath is the big marquee mutant you lead with. Okay, who do you got on your show? We got Warpath. <laughs> He's got a path. He loves war. He's great. He's great. You're gonna love him. It's gonna be a great character. <laughs> He's the I mean, key to all of this. He's the key to all this. He's a funnier character than we've ever had before, Warpath. <laughs> I I joke, but I mean, I think these are going to be okay. I liked Legion, even though I kind of fell off with Legion, because I'm just like, look, I gotta, I gotta wait for this is done to read the whole thing for any of it to make sense, or watch, I should say, not read. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Here's, here's hoping Gifted goes the other way on that one and offers up, you know, more like episodic content. I think, I think I would like that. Yeah, it's actually a, a comic book TV show. Right. 
Not that there's anything wrong with the mind-bendiness of Legion, I'm just saying, you know, will we ever get that X-Men show we've always dreamed of? Yeah. I don't know, man. I just don't know. Now, moving on from the world of X-Men to the galaxy far, far away, Charles Soule is going to be penning a new Darth Vader book, Matt. Tell me all about it. Yeah, so this kind of, like, just, it kind of shocked me when it appeared. It was late night, and I was on Twitter, and then this comic cover for a new Darth Vader book showed up, and it was just called Darth Vader, like the last one, and I was very confused, but apparently um, the editor got got on Twitter and said it's not actually going to be called that's going to be called like Dark Lord of the Sith or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um so there's that and I don't know why they put out that cover for it because it's just confusing the hell out of people. It's a very misleading cover, isn't it? I was misled, that's why I'm glad you were here to tell me about it. Yeah, um but this one where is the last one took place between episodes 4 and 5. This one will take place between episodes 3 and 4 and actually pick up seconds after Revenge of the Sith ends. Interesting. I, I heard tell, and you can tell me if this is wrong or not, it's going to be the first arc is going to focus on the origin of Darth Vader's red lightsaber. Yep, yep, it is. That's cool. I'm sure they've told that story in the expanded universe, but they've never told it in the new canon universe. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure they did. I'm pretty sure there was like a novel that was actually called Dark Lord of the Sith that explained it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm excited for it, and again, it's Charles Soule's writing at Soule. One of our favorite writers, I would argue, here at the Comic Multiverse, and in fact, that isn't the last you've heard of him even in this episode. He was a busy boy this week. He was. So, there's a new Vader book coming down the pipeline. Matt will surely talk about it to no end, and I will attempt to catch up on it, or just have Matt <laughs> tell me about it and be like, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> well, the good thing is it's not like a sequel to the last series, so you wouldn't have ne- needed to have read that. That's right, man. That's right. You can just pick up right fresh, can't you? Yep. That's cool. So hey, more more Star Wars love for you right now. And man, Marvel and their Star Wars comics, they've been they've been batting a hundred pretty much on them, haven't they? They've been pretty damn good all across the board. They haven't come out with a bad one. They haven't come out with one where it's like, oh no, don't read that one, that's the bad one. Yeah, they've all been really good. And that's really rare to be able to say that. Well, it's Star Wars. I guess they 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 can't fuck up. Yeah, they know they know what it's worth, and they also know how the fans will revolt if they fuck it up. <laughs> yep. So good on them for playing to their strengths. Now, from Star Wars to Secret Empire, which ironically both involve empires, although the Star Wars Empire isn't very secretive. They're pretty in your face, <laughs> although equally Nazi-ish. Hmm. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, never thought of that before. Uh, they're releasing a bunch of news about titles that are going to be coming out and tie-ins and everything, and one of the special one-shot issues they're going to be doing is a story that focuses on Black Widow and the Champions. Yeah, that was actually pretty interesting, especially since I'm reading Champions at the moment. As am I. It's fun, too, because we haven't really seen Black Widow in a bit. I mean, she had her own book that I kind of fell off on. That uh, That's done, right? That wrapped up the Mark Wade Black Widow book? I fell off on it as well, but it was a damn good book, but I, I'm pretty sure it is wrapped up now. I haven't seen it in solicitations for a while. It's, it was one of those books where I'm like, where the first issue was completely dialogueless. Where like she yeah, oh yeah, it's amazing. And I'm like, wow, this is amazing use of writing and art, and this is so comic books. And then I never came back to it, and I always felt bad about it, but it's nice to see where Natasha will fall in this whole Secret Empire thing, because obviously, you know, she's a spy. A deadly assassin, you know, this this sort of thing is her ballpark, this skullduggery, this, you know, political machinations and backstabbing. 
I would really love to see where she falls in this whole thing, and also it looks like she's going to be training the champions to undergo some secret Black Ops mission. Yeah, that's going to be pretty interesting. It is, especially because the <coughs> champions, as we've seen them, have been really idealistic and really altruistic and everything. This, you know, kind of dirty, noir, skulky backroom dealing thing, this very James Bond shit, really doesn't seem like it would be their cup of tea, but, you know, when Captain America goes evil and takes over America, it's got to be all hands on deck, right? Yeah, and I I'm wondering if they'll use that as a chance to make them see how the adult heroes, like what they were doing, was kind of justified. Mm, that would be nice, because that's definitely been kind of the marching order of champions, where they're like, hey, kids rule, adults are lame, and everything. This would be something for Blackwood to be like, look, when you grow up, it's not so black and white, is what it is. Yeah, We yeah. do the best we can every day, and sometimes we fuck up because we're fallible, and sometimes you need to be the person to make the hard choices. Yeah, well, considering the stories Mark Wade's been telling in that book, I wouldn't be surprised if he does that, and it's going to be awesome. That'd be really good. Yeah, because, you know, that's like, hey, kids, this this is your graduation day as heroes, essentially, when you find out there's not always a happy ending to it. Yeah. I, I actually really like it right now in Champions. The villains they're fighting are a similar group of teenage superpowered individuals called the Freelancers, and they're basically the champions but for money. Oh my god, those guys are so... They're fucking dicks. They are. They are wonderfully dickish. They they are rich, spoiled kids from Brentwood who use their powers to stage bum fights. Yeah. <laughs> they're so wonderfully evil. Like, if the champions represent everything that's good about the millennial generation, the freelancers represent everything that's, like, horrible about them. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a nice dynamic. So there's the first of what I'm sure will be many secret empire tie-in so be sure to uh keep your eyes peeled to both matt and myself's channel and we'll tell you more about them as they happen now a similar story that also involves the secret empire and something that had a lot of people flipping their wigs just recently people do that matt right people people flip their wigs yeah yeah <laughs> if you have wigs if you're a young comic reading individual who also <laughs> has male pattern baldness or female pattern baldness it happens you just flipping your wig all over the damn place People people were getting angry about this. We uh there was a series of new like special variant covers for Secret Empire and it was called like Secret Weapons and it showed a bunch of people that assumedly are going to be allied with Hydra Cap. In mm -hmm. the event yep. you had guys like Taxmaster and Black Ant who had their minds rewritten or assumedly rewritten. We didn't know what happened to them at the end of the last story. Uh a couple other people, Zemo, Cap and everyone else. But the one that made people go nuts was Magneto. Magneto was on there. Yeah, and I can understand why they would go nuts, oh. especially given Magneto's colorful backstory. Yes, absolutely, where it's like, hey, Magneto, Eric Lencher, he's a Holocaust survivor. He hates the Nazis. In fact, even through many of the big supervillainous team-ups, Magneto was always given Red Skull the business, and rightly so. Yeah, yeah. Now, I can understand why people are angry, and they have a right to be, but I fire back with, but is not the point of the story that we've been reading right now in Captain America, people having their minds and personal histories rewritten to do detestable things that they would not normally do, things that fly in the face of everything they believe? And, yeah, if 
Inhumans versus X-Men, the recent issue, is anything to go by. Magneto's not, you know, against being mind-controlled like he was by Emma Frost. Yeah, wow, man, what a, what a fucking lame final issue, but also, yeah, you're right. Clearly, he's not above having his mind controlled when he doesn't have his fancy-schmancy helmet on. Yeah. And I mean, if Kobig just touches him, she can rewrite his entire thing, where it's like, okay, Eric, now you weren't in the Holocaust, now you weren't at Auschwitz as an inmate, you actually worked at Auschwitz. Yeah, I could see them doing that. Which, how fucked up and horrible would that be? You know, a reality where Eric's mind is rewritten to make himself believe like he was one of those Jewish people who turned on his people during the Holocaust? Oh, God. Yeah, they actually have a name. I can't remember what they're called, though. Yeah, they did have a name. Well, I would say, like, any turncoat Benedict Arnold. Like, imagine making Magneto into a Benedict Arnold for Hydra and Cap. Furthermore to that... The whole thing about Hydra as a Nazi organization, I know this has been a hotly contested debate in the comic community right now as this story continues. Yes, Hydra is a Nazi organization, the Red Skull is a Nazi, he loves Hitler, they are BFFs forever, but if you're reading the story, Cap is trying to make a very strong distinction between new Hydra and old Hydra. Yeah, he's kind of like putting his own brand on it, kind of. Yes, he's trying to divorce the Nazi shit from it because he remembers when Hydra was still like a fool society type thing. Is he going to be like Hydra now with less Nazism? (laughs) Hydra now with Lemon, Hydra (laughs) 2.0. That's basically what he's doing. It's like, look, no, no more SS stuff. We got to go back to the classic. Uh, what is it? Green and yellow. That's that's where the future's at, man. Is he gonna do like what some of those white supremacists do? How they like say, no, no, that Nazi symbol isn't a Nazi symbol. It's like a symbol for peace. Yeah. Oh, God, probably. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, look, I know the Hydra looks scary and everything, but you know, back in Greek myth, the Hydra was cool. <laughs> <laughs> and that's his go-to for it. But the Hydra is cool. Also, hey, here's another thing about Magneto. Wouldn't it be cool if Kobik tries to rewrite his mind, tries to rewrite his history, but Magneto is so powerful, he's like, no, wait, this is wrong, this isn't right. And imagine if Magneto was able to break the control and how mad he would be at Hydra and Cap if he knew that they were trying to rewrite his mind. Oh, God, he'd be furious. (laughs) To make him a Nazi sympathizer, he would destroy all of Washington. He would tear it all down. He'd probably try to destroy the world. (laughs) Again. (laughs) Which would be like the third time that week for him. Yeah, hey, guys, we house of M again. (laughs) He'd he'd be so mad he'd grab Thor's hammer and use it to reverse the poles of the Earth that, oh, no, ultimatum. (laughs) (laughs) Then the blob would eat the wasp. It would be terrible. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so that's the Magneto thing. I understand why people are angry, but at the same time, as a person who's been reading the story and paying close attention, I think they could take it to some really fucked up and interesting places. Yeah, and I I hope they do. I hope they do. Now, speaking of fucked up and interesting places and keeping things very close into the realm of the X-Men, so as we know, Matt, the Hulk Bruce Banner is dead. Mm Mm-hmm. Wolverine, the Wolverine that we all know who's not Old Man Logan, he is also dead. Mm-hmm. We're getting a new Weapon X book as part of this new rollout of uh, bleh, new X-Men books with the renewed interest and push behind the characters. And we already have the title of the first big crossover event of these new X-Men books. It's called Weapons of Mutant Destruction, and it's going to be a story that runs in the new Greg Pak Weapon X book and also the Greg Pak Totally Awesome Hulk book. Hey, isn't that fun? He writes both books, so of course he'll write the event. 
Yeah, well, that, that, that's good. I like when that happens. It's nice when that happens. You don't get it all the time, but it's nice when it happens. And maybe you've seen the promo art from this, but it's a big tank with a huge Hulk-like looking individual who seems to resemble Banner, but you can't see his face. And also this Hulk creature has big adamantium claws. Yeah, so it's kind of unstoppable now. <laughs> yeah, kind of a god mod. We should maybe nerf this guy in the next update. <laughs> He's radioactive, and he's got a healing factor. Oh, no. <laughs> Essentially, what the story seems to be is that the new mysterious head of Weapon X, which I'm sure if we want to figure out who that is, we'll have to read the Weapon X book, is fucking with Amadeus Cho and fucking with the Hulk and trying to create some sort of super mega awesome, you know, game-breaking weapon. Yes, and that's not going to end very well, because it never does. <laughs> You know, this is one of those ideas that's like so 90s where it's like, yeah, but what if the Hulk had an adamantium skeleton and claws? <laughs> where I'm like, that's dumb, but in the back of my fanish mind, I'm like, I want to read that. What's that about? <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Yeah. And definitely Weapon X is one of the books that I'm going to give a try because I like Greg Pak and because I think it's far enough removed from everything that's happening in the other X-Men books, I should be able to have a fun time with it. Yeah, it sounds like it will be pretty fun. You know, I kind of dropped off on Amadeus Cho Hulk because I thought Banner Hulk had been more epic than he had been in a very long time, from the Duggan run of Doc Green trying to get rid of all the other Gamma creatures, to Mark Wade's Hulk where he was traveling through time and space and working for S.H.I.E.L.D. and everything. The Cho Hulk is fine, but I always felt it was a bit of a step down from what was happening in the Banner stuff. Yeah, well, I've only read him in, um, in Champions, but I can definitely see that. This, this, though, they seem to be, like we were talking about, the younger heroes growing up. That definitely seems to be a marching order for this story. In fact, one of the more interesting things I'm compelled to read about this is that one of the members of the new Weapon X team is, of course, Old Man Logan. Old yeah. Man Logan has a long-storied and very tragic history with Hulks, doesn't he? He does. <laughs> so to see him kind of have to rub up against Amadeus Cho and, you know, maybe kind of have, like, some sort of Vietnam flashbacks to his time with Hulk, <laughs> I think this could kind of be a cool story. Because if you remember very early on in Old Man Logan, he ran into the totally awesome Hulk when he tried to kill him thinking he was Banner, but then they never interacted again after that. No, no, they never did. So I'm kind of interested to see where they're going with that. I think there's a lot of untapped material that I'd love to see pack, uh, you know, mine. Yeah, definitely. So that's that. And from one team with Old Man Logan on it to another team with Old Man Logan on it, we finally figured out what the final title was of these brand new X-Men books. Of course, there's X-Men Gold, X-Men Blue, Generation X, Weapon X, as I mentioned before. But the final one in this, you know, cavalcade is called Astonishing X-Men. They're bringing that back. And all throughout the week, they revealed the roster for the team. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty interesting roster. Very eclectic. A lot of my favorite people on there. There's Old Man Logan, of course. There's Mystique. There's Psylocke. There's Archangel. Ar uh, Archangel. Archangel. <laughs> Fucking words, man. <laughs> Bishop. Haven't seen Bishop for a bit. Yeah. Phantom X and... Uh, oh, who's the other Gambit. One? Oh, Gambit, of course. So yeah, yeah, all in all, not a bad-looking team. It's funny, because before they announced the name for this, me, Mitch, and everyone else on Twitter were like, oh, it's a new X-Force. They're launching a new X-Force. <laughs> and we were all... Because you saw, like, Archangel's wings and whatnot? Yeah, and we were all so certain, too, where it's like, oh, well, it's going to be Deadpool and Cable. The one with the sword is going to be Deadpool, and the one with the gun is going to be Cable. Oh, Psylocke and Bishop, all right. 
<laughs> this one's going to be written by Charles Soule, which, I mean, more than any other X-Men book, he's probably my favorite writer who's taken one of these. So I'm like, all right, you know what? I thought I was done with X-Men. I want to read what this is about. Yeah, since all these new X-Men books are starting to, like, come back out and in actual proper form and something that's probably coherent, I'm probably going to start reading them as well. Yeah. Like, like here's the thing. Like, Gold and Blue, I'm like, all right, like, here's the thing. I want to get excited for X-Men, but I feel that the books will never be good for very long until they settle the deals with Fox. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, look, they might be good for a bit, they might be good for a volume or two, but eventually Marvel editorial is going to stop caring. Because that's kind of how I felt with the last run of books, with Extraordinary and Uncanny and everything else. They were good for a minute, and then they went to hell when they stopped caring. Yep. And yep. I'm afraid that's going to happen here. But I also think, too, Astonishing is far enough removed from like the Xavier School stuff that this one should be uh, you know, a fun read and continually a fun read. Yeah, I hope so. Another interesting fact two people brought up, and I think they were so right, and I wish I thought of this. So Old Man Logan is going to be on the X-Men Gold. He's going to mm -hmm. be on Weapon X. He's going to be on the Astonishing X-Men. He's probably going to be in his own book still after Lemire reads. Oh my god, are we officially at the point now where Old Man Logan is as overexposed as original Wolverine was? Well, he's really popular at the moment. So. It's almost like he was in a big popular movie or something that we're going to talk about at the end of the show. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'll say this. One of the reasons I loved Old Man Logan so much when they brought him into the main universe is because it did cut down on just how much you fucking saw Wolverine everywhere else. Yeah, yeah. You had one guy, one book, and he'd occasionally show up in the X-Men stuff. I'm like, good, this is a good, good number of books for him to be in. But now it's just like, okay, now he's in everything again. It won't be long until he's on the Avengers, I'm sure. <laughs> when they shuffle those books around, and they will shuffle those books around at the end of Secret Wars, mark my words. Yep. So I wouldn't be shocked if Old Man Logan got to be an Avenger again. But the fact that people brought up, and I'm like, yeah, good point. We have X-23, we have Laura as the new Wolverine. Why couldn't she be on any of these teams as the resident Wolverine? Oh, uh, reasons. I mean, I guess the reasons come down to, well, yeah, but she was a little girl in the movie, not an adult, so... Yeah, they probably don't want to confuse people. She's getting pretty good in her own book. She's just starting a new story, getting a new costume and yeah. everything, so... Yeah, her own book is great, and that's why I'm like, well, don't you want to try and sell her a little bit more and a little harder by putting her on more teams and making her more relevant? Hilariously mad, and I'm sure you would agree, in the X-23 book, she has her own little clone-like sister-daughter, so they even have a little X-23 there. It's just a clone of a clone. <laughs> Yeah, well, they could easily put her in something. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't, too. It's like, hey, look, it's the one from the movie, but not really the one from the movie. <laughs> She's going to start speaking Spanish now out of nowhere. <laughs> That'll get you. But yeah, so that's, that's a lot of the X-Men stuff we got going on now. It should be good. It should be interesting. We'll definitely keep you posted on that. But, you know, we're, we're cautiously optimistic. Yeah. Now, from X-Men to Guardians of the Galaxy, we got our first look at the Telltale Guardians of the Galaxy game. It was just a couple panels, but looks pretty good. Looks just like the movie. Yeah, it looks alright. It's Telltale, so you know the writing will be there, even if the you know mechanics are a little jank. Yeah. And as with anything Telltale, I'll wait for it to be done, and I'll play it in one sitting and enjoy it immensely. 
Yeah, or you might enjoy it, or it might turn out like that Batman game. Never played that one to completion, was waiting for it to be completed. Was it disappointing? Eh, it was, it was eh. Ah, oh, that's unfortunate. Haven't played the new uh, Walking Dead 2. Really want to, but waiting for it to be done. Didn't they release like two episodes back-to-back like they've never done before? I think so. All right. Gotta, gotta see what's up with Clem, man. Now, from Guardians, we're staying in the Marvel Cosmic Sphere here. We got our first look at Thor Ragnarok. We got a bunch of photos from that. Dude, this movie. Looks pretty sick, doesn't it? The, the colors. It's super cool, isn't it? It's very, like, Technicolor. It's very 60s. Everyone's got, like, a lot of pastels and purples on them and everything. But I'm sure the thing that stuck out to you is the thing that stuck out to me. Thor doesn't have his hammer in a bunch of these pictures. No, he might be becoming, and again, to his costume as well, he might be becoming unworthy Thor. He'll be the unworthy Thor. I wonder if they're going to have a thing with Hela where, like, Hela whispers something in his ear, and that's what causes him to be unworthy. I would love if they staged that Jason Aaron thing, but in the movie and kind of turned it on its head. That'd be pretty cool. It would be a hell of a redemption arc. Like, he loses the hammer, maybe at the halfway point of Thor Ragnarok, and then it's about him trying to find to be a hero again, and then that's his motivation through the next, like, movies and crossovers and everything, him trying to get it back and be worthy again. Yeah, that'd be actually really cool. It would give him something to do, because I know a lot of moviegoers who aren't, like, hardcore comic fans complain, where it's like, yeah, well, it seems like Thor's never really doing much, or he never has much to aspire to. Yeah. Give him something to aspire to. <laughs> but yeah, it looks really cool. Yeah, and everything about it looks really cool. That's Loki's new costume, Thor's costume, Valkyrie's costume. Great design work. Such good design work. Don't be surprised if everyone in the comics starts wearing that, or if they're not wearing it already. I'd be okay with that. I would also be fine with that. Now, speaking of Marvel, Matt, uh, from the world of the movies to the world of the comics, another big piece of news, and this came out of Seattle, is a brand new initiative Marvel is unrolling that's different from Marvel Now and different from Marvel Infinite. It's called Make Mine Marvel, which is a callback to like an old Marvel catchphrase and everything. And one of the big things they're trying out for Make Mine Marvel is returning a bunch of their books to their original numbers. Yeah, it, there's some very interesting ones returning to their original numbers. I guess they're taking sort of a, a page out of DC's book with action comics and detective comics. Yep, which you and I had asked for forever going, please return those because they were so close to hitting a thousand each of those. And it just felt wrong as comic fans to not see them hit a thousand in our lifetime. Yeah. Uh, definitely a lot of Make Mine Marvel seems to echo a sort of Marvel rebirth sentiment. <laughs> be like look we're bringing new numbers back we're bringing back a lot of old heroes and some old stories and everything should be interesting i know uh venom is going back to its original numbering which you know who the fuck cares about venom that new book was lame. <laughs> and no i and no i don't care they brought in eddie deadpool is apparently going back captain marvel is apparently going back yep which you know it says a lot because it's like wait but captain marvel didn't that have like a bunch of number ones <laughs> <laughs> and not just Carol either. Like, I think someone had a thing there of like 13 different Captain Marvel number ones with all the different Captain Marvels there's been up until now. <laughs> yeah, so, so like, which one is going back? Is it the male one? Is it is it Kamala Khan? Is it, is it who is it? Yeah, really, who's who's really going back to number one here? But you know what? Hey, 
that's cool. It's nice to see Marvel trying some different things there, changing it up a little bit, you know, trying to give people what they want. I know it feels nice going back to reading a big long number. Yeah, it it feels like it's it's got a lot of history behind it and Absolutely. everything, and it really does. <laughs> Absolutely, it's a legacy, you know. Which you know that's why they're calling it legacy numbering. It feels like you're part of something bigger than yourself when you read it. So yeah, here, here's hoping it works for Marvel the same way. You know, it kind of helped uh, DC with action comics and Detective. Although interestingly, for DC they only did it for two action and Detective. Marvel's doing it for way more than that. Yeah, they're kind of doubling down. They are. It's also, too, it's like, well, you know, Action and Detective, I mean, they've been around for, like, upwards of 75 years, so I can understand why you would want to change it back and everything. Does it really help Venom that much by taking it back to 150? <laughs> I, I I guess it does for someone. I guess. I guess it does. So, from there, we move on to a big piece of comic uh, news that happened this week. Really not news, but something that happened in the story. Uh, Superman Reborn. Uh, part two in, uh, what was it, in Action Comics came out this week, and oh boy, was this some crazy shit. Spoilers abound, so for those who don't want it spoiled, now would be the time to back out, but holy shit, Matt. Oh my god. We finally <laughs> got the identity of Doppel Clark. We did, and it was not really anyone was expecting. No, no, this was a, this was a bit of a curveball, is what this was. And it's funny, we both had this twist spoiled for us in different ways. You had it spoiled a week before it happened. I had it spoiled two weeks before it happened at a ECC, and neither of us cared because it was still awesome. It was. Uh, I was a little bit disappointed because I had convinced myself it was Superboy Prime, and I had convinced other people as well because all, all the evidence was there. It's true. All of it was, everything pointed to it. But when, when it was revealed who it was, I was like, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. The big twist of it was is that it was ultimately uh, Mr. Mixiel Spitlek is what it was. Or Mixie for short. Or Mr. Mixelplek. Everyone says it differently. I don't think anyone is 100% right or wrong. Yeah, yeah, it was very, very shocking. Yeah, a character who we have not seen in a very long time and who they brought back to major prominence. Oh yeah, he's he's going to be a big thing in this universe. I mean, someone to actually challenge Superman with his amazing fifth dimensional powers that he has. Yeah, and of course it's probably going to be tied into the larger Rebirth plot as well. Yes, they definitely make a point of saying that in here. Moreover than that, we had a whole backup story that kind of explains the origins of Mixie and what he's been up to in the intervening time. And Paul Dini, beloved writer-creator Paul Dini, pens that, and oh my god, he tells a heartbreakingly sympathetic story for Mixie. This is one of the best backup stories I have ever read. It really, really was. I did not expect to, like, actually care about Mixie. I always liked Mixie. I always thought he was funny. Big fan of the animated series where, you know, Gilbert Godfrey did his voice. Ironically, episodes all written and spearheaded by Dini, so it makes sense. But never in all my life did I think I could care about this character. I know that he does such a good job at making you care for him. He's tragic. The deal is is that Mixie is unaware of all the different cosmic uh, resets that have happened. You know, New 52... DC Rebirth, all this other stuff. He just shows up every three months, give or take, to fuck with Superman because that's their rhythm and that's what they've been doing since the Golden Age. 
yeah, yeah, he's, he's been just chilling out in the fifth dimension, not not aware of anything that's been going on. Only one time when he showed up to try and mess with Superman, he ended up getting grabbed by Mr. Oz. Yeah, who locks him up because he is Chaos Incarnate and can't uh, rely on him to not do anything to set this Superman on his path. Yes, apparently everything that this Superman has been doing... Mr. Oz has been micromanaging and trying very hard to get him to play into his hands and everything so he couldn't have any outside forces to mess with him. And we see Mixie trapped in Oz's prison for we don't even know how long because he's a fifth dimensional eternal being. He said it could have been a few months, it could have been a few years, I won't know. Yeah, and he's not worried because he knows Superman will come save him, that's how it that it works. Superman but, saves everybody, even the bad guys. Yeah, but he never comes. Because the New 52 Superman died, this Superman has a patchy memory, it seems. So yeah, he was just kind of left there to suffer. And you see a character who, as he puts it, always kind of respected and always thought of himself as part of the Superman family, grow to hate and resent Superman. And now that he got himself out, he wants revenge. Yeah, I... I how good is that of a character arc? That's an amazing character arc. It's amazing. Uh, it's like an amazing objective for Mixie, who's never really had an objective before. He's always been chaos. He's always been playing pranks and jokes. Now he wants something, and he can actually direct all that godlike power into something. Yeah. Whereas before, you, you weren't really. You're like, oh, he's not really a threat. But now that he actually has an objective, he's a threat. He is. And what's great, too, is that whole backup story. Mixie tells this story to John. He tells it to the Superboy, and it's great to see the Superboy's reaction to all of this. Yeah, he's he's kind of shocked at it, but he's also kind of like, hey, well, if my dad knew you were in trouble, he would have helped you. Yeah. Yeah, Superboy being the greatest advocate for Superman, where it's like, well, geez, man, I'm sorry to hear that. And also that Mixie is kind of touched at the idea that Superman would tell bedtime stories to his son about him and the adventures they had together in the Golden Age. Yeah, that was great. That's a beautiful touch where he's like, oh, I was that important to him? You know, he <laughs> actually you know, he actually told you about me i'm like wow i i never ever thought i, w I would care so much about uh mixie big big you know ups to paul dini and jurgens and you know everyone else involved in this book and in superman reborn this is shaping up to be some really cool shit yeah and we still have two more issues of it and i think we're actually going to find out who mr oz is so we've still got that reveal yeah and also too by the end of this superman gets red boots again so we got to figure out how that <laughs> happens too well that happened that'll probably be answered within what happened in superwoman this week as well that. oh it's, it, it's a tie-in people so definitely read it. it's a really important tie-in yeah from what matt's telling me so i gotta check that shit out so from the awesomeness that was Superman Reborn, we're going to take the last half of the show and we're going to talk about Logan. So if you haven't seen Logan yet and you don't want it spoiled for you, be sure to save this show and come back later to finish it off. Then again, judging by this movie's box office, I get the feeling everyone who cares went to see it. <laughs> it's making a lot of money. It is. And I think that's amazing and I think that's so cool. But in the back of my mind, I kind of have like a, like a Dark Knight fear where i'm like this movie is great this movie is awesome 
please producers and filmmakers and everyone out there, please don't take away the wrong lessons from this movie. I actually made a video on that after seeing the movie as well, saying, you know, just because it's R-rated and it made money, that's not why it made money. It, it made money because it was a good movie. It was a good movie first and foremost, and second off, it was the movie Wolverine always deserved in terms of content. Yeah. Wolverine as a character should be allowed to swear. He should be allowed to slice people up. And the fact that it took them almost a decade with one guy in the same role to get here, it was earned and it was deserved. Yeah, totally. I mean, the first words out of Hugh Jackman's mouth in this movie is, fuck, and that is a perfect way to sum up the entire <laughs> film, really. Fuck! <laughs> That's the whole thing. Yeah, uh, such a good film. Yeah, to to see, you know, Wolverine all broken down and beaten up and everything. He can't heal anymore. His healing factor is slowing down. There's no more mutants. And this is this is like his western moment. This is his last chance to make good. Yeah, with the introduction of uh X23 of Laura. Yes, his clone who in fact the entire X23 project making clones of mutants and making clone children very, very much ultimate X-Men with the government creating artificial mutants. Yeah, yeah. Very, very. Only instead of getting, you know, like James uh, Jr. or Jimmy Howlett or whatever, you got X-23. Yeah, the, uh, yeah I'm okay with that. Me too, me too. You know, the little actress they got to play Laura, she's great. Oh, she's perfect. She doesn't talk much, so she ends up having to do a lot of physical acting. Man, is she on point. Oh, she she's really good. I just hope, and I said this after I saw. I hope like Fox doesn't get in the way, and in the next movie they recast someone else. I hope they just let her have the role and take it, and like how Hugh Jackman did, and actually grow into it. Yes, I agree. I absolutely agree with that. This is not only a swan song for Hugh Jackman, but it was a swan song for Patrick Stewart too, who he gets to use all of his acting muscles in this movie. Oh, he was so good in this, this senile old Charles Xavier. <laughs> Who is basically just Patrick Stewart acting like Patrick Stewart is my favorite thing. Oh, he he was hilarious in this. Like, yeah, that's the thing. Like, Patrick Stewart was always good in the other movies, and Charles Xavier was always one of the best things about the X-Men movie. He's even better here in Logan, because they let him be funny, and they let him be crazy, and they let him be everything the other movies didn't let him be. Yeah, it's great. Like, in all the other movies, Xavier is, like, this untouchable saint, like, this, you know, Yoda beats Mr. Miyagi meets, like, frickin' Zordon character. Yeah. Here, though, he's a person. He's a person with thoughts and feelings and fears who fucks up, and he fucks up big in this universe. Yeah, so, obviously, this story took cues from Old Man Logan, but what it did was... Flips it. It, it flips it. It doesn't make Logan kill the X-Men. It makes... Charles Xavier killed the X-Men because he has a I can't remember what they call it. It was like a degenerative Yeah, it's like a degenerative brain disease that causes him to have like Alzheimer's and all yeah. sorts of things. So and it fucks with his power because his his work he as um that guy with the metal hand says he's got basically a WMD in his head. Yeah. Which is terrifying to think a guy so powerful, you know, one of the greatest minds in the entire world is getting ravaged by, like, dementia and Alzheimer's. It's terrifying, isn't it? It is. It really is. Another thing, too, is, you know, you mentioned it takes cues from Old Man Logan. This is not an apocalyptic future, but it is definitely a dystopian future. When did they say it was? Like, 2050 or something? No, I think it was, like, 
2024 or something. It wasn't that far into the future. Yeah, it was very it was very near the future, like very close yeah. to now. And the world, you know, we got a bunch of robot trucks and everything. We got, you know, the price of living has skyrocketed. There's more uh, traffic between, like, the United States and Mexico. In fact, that's where Wolverine is living. Yeah, he's like a um a limousine driver on the border of Mexico and America. Yeah, which which what a what a wonderfully western idea for that to be like he couldn't be a stagecoach driver so he's a limo driver. It's great. It's like what what is Wolverine, you know, uh capable of doing? What's he qualified for driving a limo, I guess? And I, I like when we find him like the mo- the thing he's like he most cares for is the limo. He doesn't want to get it shot or or hit or anything. And like when he's fighting off those guys who are trying to steal his rims, mm-hmm. he doesn't want the car to get hurt because he has to pay for it. <laughs> yep, yep, doesn't want that. Also, the limo too means we actually get titties in this movie. Not only do we get blood and swearing, we get at least one <laughs> pair of titties. Because <laughs> when you're an R-rated movie, you gotta lean into that shit. You do. <laughs> You gotta lean into it, and you lean into it hard. Uh, Funny, too, about the dystopian future. I love, you know, it's always my thing in apocalyptic fiction where it's like, you know, what what destroyed the world? Was it nuclear war? Was it robots? Was it zombies? I love what Logan decides destroyed the world was, and it's corn. It's high-fructose corn syrup that doomed the world. The thing is, it's like, it's painfully realistic as well. Oh, God, yeah, because that's the thing. When the world does get destroyed and i'm sure it will be it will be something boring like high fructose corn syrup it will be something boring like energy drinks yeah yeah and and what's even better is they use that as their sort of basis of why there's no more mutants they use that that corn syrup that uh grown artificially grown corn syrup to basically wipe out mutants yeah it was genetic engineering and genetic warfare from like a dude who worked at weapon x yeah, his his father was the one responsible for putting the adamantium in Wolverine. Which, I mean, he must have been Cornelius's kid or something. That's another thing I love about this. There is a big overarching plot, and there are villains, and there are everything. But Wolverine doesn't give a shit about any of that, so by extension, <laughs> the movie doesn't care. And we have a moment where the evil doctor guy has his big monologue, like, and this was my plan, and this was how I destroyed mutant kind. And Logan's just like, blah, 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 shut up. And then he kills him before he can finish telling the story. <laughs> yeah, he, he shoots him in the face. And I'm like, that's wonderful, because Wolverine wouldn't care. He wouldn't care. It's like, we're here now. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how we got to this point. No, no, it, it was so good. And it's even better because, like, you know, you killed my father. He worked at Weapon X. I'm surprised Wolverine didn't go, which guy? I killed lots of people at Weapon X. <laughs> I killed lots of people, bub. <laughs> yeah, I killed lots of people. That You're going to have to be way more specific. <laughs> guy in a lab coat, again, man, way more specific. <laughs> but, yeah, I think that's wonderful that the movie just straight up was like, you know what, it's not important. The characters and the journey is what's important. And it's a road movie. It's a hell of a road movie. Oh, God, yeah. It's, it's a big road trip movie. It's a huge road trip movie. Uh, some really amazing action sequences and everything. They have this whole huge fight at a, at a farmhouse 
with like an evil cloned Wolverine, which for a second I thought they're like, oh, is that Dawkin? Are they doing Dawkin now? You know, like I, I already knew that was going to be in the movie because I got it a little bit spoilt for me. But like, I'm, I'm so happy they kept it out of all the trailers yeah. and and every they hit it so well in that. And the best thing is, it's just played by Hugh Jackman, yeah. who gets a chance to be like a feral Wolverine. Yeah, yeah, he gets to do it twice. So once again, Jackman gets to show his acting chops. Yeah, it's great. It's really it's really well put together. Again, you know, we call it a modern western. It's fitting because there's a moment where Xavier and X-23 are watching Shane on TV on like American movie classics. And I'm like, "Oh wow, so they're just laying it right out there for you. Wolverine is Shane." <laughs> and then at the end, she does the speech again from Shane, and I'm like, "That's so awesome. I love it when movie characters like movies." Yeah, that's good. That's always the thing that's bugged me. Like, they make worlds feel so unreal when movie characters have never seen a movie before in their life. Mm-hmm. It's like when zombie people never say zombie. It's like, why? You mean they don't have George Romero in your universe? They don't have The Walking Dead in your universe? <laughs> Who the fuck doesn't know what zombies are? Who the fuck doesn't know what Shane is? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Logan pulls no goddamn punches in its violence and in its content. Like, it is, it is a dour, oppressive movie. And yet, it's never depressing. No, no, it, it's it's uh, I guess gritty and realistic done right. Yes, it is. It's hopeful. There is an underlying hopefulness to it. Yeah. And that's what Xavier is fighting for. Is like, look, there are mutants out there still. You know, I can feel them. If we can save these kids, everything we have done up until this point will be worth it. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's like his redemption arc there, because, you know, he's eternally the teacher and everything. And Wolverine, he just wants out. He just wants to go live on his boat. But it is always the case for the Western hero. He eventually has to take up someone else's cause and see it through to the end. And he does. Yep. And he ends up dying. He gets a hell of a death. He gets a hell of a send off. And they have that amazing bit where the cross turns from a cross oh, to an X. Oh, that was great. That's so good. And in fact, here's another thing. Remember, Matt, I pissed and moaned about uh, in the trailer when uh, Logan was slagging off the comics. I was like, oh, it didn't happen like this. This is stupid. I'm so glad that when I actually saw the movie, the movie totally twists that too because it ends up being pro-comic books because the comic books hold the secret to get to where they're going. (laughs) See? Comic books were ultimately super important to this story. (laughs) I liked that a whole lot. I wish more comic book movies wouldn't be afraid to be like, no, comics are good. I liked that so much, I'm willing to forgive the fact that we don't see Logan in a costume in this. Yeah, and well, the thing is, like, I know people were saying, like, oh, you could, you know, the last last battle in the movie, you could don it, because, and I, I actually kind of agreed with him, because some of them thought, like, oh, well, he, his healing factor doesn't work, he's going to need some armor. Yeah. So you get in the costume and everything. I thought that would was what was going to happen, but I'm kind of glad it didn't. That well, here's the thing: it wouldn't have fit in this movie. I no, feel no, that no. Now. The Wolverine yeah. would have fit. He should have put on a costume in that at some point. But here, I get where they're coming from. I I would have been fine too with even just a flashback or a picture. Just put him in the goddamn suit for a second. Yeah, or like even like like he he kept his costume yeah. as like a reminder like and it's in that 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 uh that weird silo he lives in yeah like it's in it's in the case from the wolverine that she gave him in fact you could call back to that deleted scene because she gave him a costume at the end of the wolverine which the same director directed they just edited it out of the movie 
Yeah, yeah. Which is really annoying to know we were so close to even just seeing the costume on screen and then they took it away. Yeah. Another fun fact, too, apparently Mr. Sinister was supposed to be involved in this movie because that was like the final scene of Apocalypse, which we did our commentary on. But no, they took Mr. Sinister out of the movie, and honestly, I'm glad they did that, too. Yeah, well, that's who that, um, uh, that doctor guy was meant to be, I think. Yeah, I buy that. I'm glad that doctor guy wasn't Mr. Sinister, because if he came out, it's like, I'm Mr. Sinister. I'm like, okay, this just got silly. <laughs> It wouldn't have matched. I'm glad they actually kind of stuck to their guns on this one because it works for Wolverine. This is one of yeah. the few characters we're doing a stripped-down, gritty-as-hell, lo-fi version is the right way to go and is the version that everyone wanted to see anyway. Yeah. It's so good, I hope they don't fuck it up in the future because that ending is so perfect and such a wonderful send-off to Hugh Jackman and that era of X-Men films. If they were to dig it up again, I think it would be a massive uh, you know, slap in the face. Oh god, I, I hope that he doesn't, like, I'm gonna do one more movie. Please don't, you ended it perfectly. You'll, you will never get a better send-off than this. Few get better send-offs than this. Yep. This this was so good, in a perfect world, this would have been Fox's goodbye to the X-Men series, too. Where it's like, okay, we're done, we're selling it back to Marvel now, but this is our goodbye. This is us getting to end our era on our terms. See, see, and that that would have made it a hundred times better because then you actually have an ending, and it's like a, a definitive ending. Closing in, the book, uh, yeah. In the way Spider-Man never could, in the way Fantastic Four will probably never get to. No. Nah. Imagine how nice that would have been to be able to close the book and end it on your terms to let someone else play with it. I mean, obviously that's not what happened. We will be getting more. In fact, there was actually some talk there that apparently Patrick Stewart has filmed like some cameo stuff for Deadpool 2 but those will probably be jokey time travel scenes yeah well, yeah well you never really take um Deadpool seriously within the timeline no. of Logan and all that no in fact Deadpool openly mocks the split timeline yeah that being said that was another thing I wasn't expecting for Logan if you went to go see it you got the little teaser for Deadpool 2 which they eventually released online yeah well I'm glad they did release it online because I never got it Oh, did you really not? No. Oh, that's lame. See, in my theater, it was the funniest thing, because he's walking, and he's got the hood up, and we all just assumed that was Wolverine, and we're like, man, this is a weird way to start the movie. Oh, wait, it's Deadpool. <laughs> so, yeah. That, uh, I, I mean, really, what more can you say about Logan? It's a movie that almost defies conversation, because it's just like, yeah, it's really good. You should watch it. Yeah, it's the, it's the best X-Men movie since X-Men 2. Yeah, or I, I would say the best one since First Class. I really like First Class. It is yeah. head and shoulders the best Wolverine movie, arguably the best X-Men movie, and probably, like, I think it edges its way into the top ten of superhero movies overall. Oh, yeah, it's definitely good. I I, I hope that maybe next year it gets an Oscar nod. Mm. I, I think it deserves it. I think either Patrick Stewart or Hugh Jackman or someone should get an Oscar nod. I mean, that's always the dream, isn't it? But you know what? If anyone were to get it, it would be this, because like, Hugh Jackman has put in his work for a long time, and he's done this role for so long, and hopefully by this time next year, maybe maybe they'll be willing to roll the dice on it like they rolled the dice on Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Because here's the thing, like Peter Jackson had to make three of those Lord of the Rings movies before the Academy took him seriously. They've made how many X-Men and Wolverine movies now? Oh god, he's been playing the same character for 17 years. Longer than any Batman or any Spider-Man or any Superman. Yep. Which is crazy to think, right? 
Yeah. Which I think is also why this movie is so poignant in the end that it's like Hugh Jackman closing the book on this point in his life. Yeah, definitely. Now, please don't be lured back by the promise of more money. Yes, please just move on to other other things. Do do other projects. Do Les Mis 2 and Australia 2. <laughs> please don't do Australia 2. <laughs> I barely finished Australia 1. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, there you have it, everyone. I don't really know what else we can say about Logan besides it was really good. It's rare you see one and it's like, yep, there's a there's an instant classic. Yeah, it is is going to be up there for quite some time it's going to be some time before something beats it yeah and i mean jesus christ that fox did this and deadpool back to back it's like well see guys see what you can do when you give them more control and you let them be true to the character yeah i'm just hoping now that they've seen you know two in a row two r-rated movies in a row they're not like well now all our movies are going to be r-rated yeah i don't want that i don't want them to be like yeah uncanny x-force now guess what all r-rated the new x-men supernova if that ever happens r-rated yeah. It doesn't need to be. You can have your cake and eat it too. You just gotta let the characters and the stories be true to themselves. Yep. And also too, you don't need to jam Wolverine into everything either. Yeah, well hopefully now that he's actually dead they won't. Mm. Or they'll just recast him with someone younger. Yeah, well the the good thing about them recasting is that actually Hugh Jackman has a big say in who they recast. Really? So they they probably will get someone pretty decent. Yeah, I hope they get someone who can you know carry the torch. Although man, I don't I don't feel you know uh, happy for that guy because I'm sure those have got to be big shoes to fill. Oh no! No matter who they choose, no matter they could choose someone who literally looks like the character in the comic, and people will complain. It's gonna be rough, man. It's gonna be rough. I do not envy their position. No. So, I mean, I guess on that note, we've been talking for over an hour now. It was a good time, man. We covered a lot of topics. We got to talk about Logan. I hope people enjoyed that. Yeah, it was a damn good film. Damn good movie. Can't wait for it to hit on DVD and digital and everything else so I can watch it again. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, I guess until next time, everyone, that'll just about do it for myself, Cape Joel, my co-host, Matt, from the Fortress of Solitude channel, and all of us here at the Comic Multiverse. Yeah, it was a good show. Good it show. was. I like I say all of us. There's only two of us. <laughs> yeah, all of us, all our interns and and everything God that don't it. exist. <laughs> God damn it! I wish I had an intern. I played D and D all day today with a bunch of people from high school through Roll Twenty, and I'm like, man, I got videos I need to do, and then as soon as I'm done this, I need to get a quick dinner in and do a show with Matt. Man, I wish I had an intern I could outsource this shit to. <laughs> Look, you will get exposure. You will get so much exposure, your head will spin, man. <laughs> no, I can't pay you actual money. I need that money for drugs. <laughs> you, th you think all this show and all this content just flows out of me without help? Nah, man, it's chemically induced. <laughs> I need my high fructose corn syrup. Give me the power to go, but also mess up my healing factor so I get metal poisoning. <laughs> And on that note, everyone, I think we're ready to end it. Thank you so much for listening. As always, if you want to download the show, please find that over at SoundCloud. You can download to your heart's content. You can also like, subscribe, and favorite over here. You know, we always like to see that happening. Uh, I'll almost be hitting 12K very soon if I keep up with that. So, you know, everyone who can help me towards that, that'll be good. So until next awesome. time. So, yeah. So until next time, everyone, bye-bye. See ya.